Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is August 16th, 2021, and our first story, crisis in Afghanistan. The Biden administration is slammed after going AWOL amid an unfolding disaster in Kabul. Many people were demanding that Biden speak up and address the nation. But Jen Psaki is on holiday, Biden's on holiday, and Kamala Harris isn't here either. Now, it was later announced Biden will address the nation, but many people were outraged that this was allowed to happen. In our next story, leaked audio from the Biden administration shows that they view the border crisis as unsustainable. Many people now are realizing all of these disasters unfolding during the Biden administration appear to be the fault of Joe Biden. And trending on Twitter is 25th Amendment, as people are calling for Joe Biden to be removed. In our last story, Sydney, Australia goes full 1984. 800 troops deployed, more than 1,400 police officers deployed to keep people locked in their homes. I hope you all are paying attention. If you like this show, please give us a good review. And if you really like it, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. The Afghanistan withdrawal is a disaster. It's been a building disaster for the past several days, and now we're getting disturbing photos and images coming out of the airport in Kabul as civilians are desperately trying to flee the country as the Taliban encircles the city. And many people are saying the fall of Kabul is Joe Biden's Saigon, if you're familiar with what happened in Vietnam. Interestingly, there's this video going around where in April, reporters asked Joe Biden about a withdrawal from Kabul, and would it look like Saigon. And Joe Biden says, no, of course not. The withdrawal is going to be, you know, fine. It's going to be perfect. None of this is going to happen. He says, you will not see people being evacuated from the rooftops. And that's exactly what we're starting to see. There's one video coming out of the airport where there's like an Air Force uh, jet trying to take off and there's people running and jumping on it. It's actually quite scary. Now, listen, I'm not a fan of, of what any of anything that the United States has done in Afghanistan. Not we shouldn't have been there. We shouldn't have stayed there. And it seems like the only solution, you know, some of these like neocons and, and neolib types have is to stay forever. I guess they want to make Afghanistan a colony of America. OK, well, I don't think that's America's business. Granted, America has a lot of military bases and territories all over the world. I don't think that makes sense. And I think it's fair to point out that there was going to be tumult no matter what happened, no matter who was in charge when the withdrawal occurred. I will say, however, one of the best points that I've seen about what's going on, there's a couple of good points. One, 
Joe Biden pushed back the timeline for withdrawal. That means not only did the Taliban have more time to plan or become more agitated, but Joe Biden also had more time to plan. The administration had more time to plan. The problem is with people like Mark Milley. They are woke generals. These people are a disaster. I'm not going to pretend like the Trump administration was perfect. However, a really good point that was made as well is that Trump had four years to withdraw from Afghanistan, and he waited a long time and was hoping for a second term. Now, of course, you know, Joe, Bi- uh, Joe Biden saying, you know, he inherited this deal from Trump. I, I think it's unfair uh, to say that this would have happened under Trump. I, I genuinely believe that. We have a story from the New York Post uh, where they actually were, uh, talk about Mike Pompeo and Trump and what they had said to the Taliban. And I will tell you this, as we have been saying since the beginning, Joe Biden projects weakness. They should have, I mean, it's, it's probably stupid for me to say, because I'm not over there. I'm not a general. I'm not a commander. But you'd imagine that instead of just pulling all the troops out, they would have, I don't know, blown up the military equipment first. They would have then had the troops start circling around Kabul to start doing controlled evacuations. The civilians would have come out first, and then the final troops would have left. Instead, they left the bases and the equipment, and the Taliban seized it, and now they're circling Kabul. And, and here's the crazy thing about all of this, as to, as to why you probably clicked this. Where's Joe Biden? They, they, CNN reporting, he may give a speech in a few days. Jen Psaki on vacation. The American people want to know what is happening. Not that I think the American people liked what, what was happening in Afghanistan from the get go, but we deserve to know what's happening. And the president is unavailable. And the press secretary on vacation. The craziest thing is that instead of addressing the nation, Joe Biden put up this photo uh, it, it apparently shows him at Camp David on a Zoom meeting talking about what's going on. And people noticed the clocks are wrong. The clocks are wrong because they have all the different cities, you know, Moscow, London, whatever. The clocks are wrong, suggesting the photo is from last winter, daylight savings time, um, because they say it's something like London and Moscow are two hours apart, but their clock shows three, meaning the photo seems to have been taken during daylight savings time, which is not now. I don't know. Maybe maybe they should never fix the clocks. I mean, like, let's be real. Like Biden's at Camp David. Have you ever uh, it's Camp David, right? It's not the White House. It's not the, the you know, you know, I, I still think they should be they should be maintained. And this is still a problem. But, uh, you know, daylight savings time comes and I've got like, you know, uh, you know, I don't 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 change the clock in my car for like six months. And I'm like, I know what time it is, whatever. So now I, I don't feel like changing it. Granted, this is like a, a situation room at Camp David where he's supposed to be addressing like major world conflicts. I think it'd be extremely important he had the correct time. So I can say this. Either the photo appears to not be legit or our administration is so bumbling and fumbling that they don't even fix the clocks. Wow. Could you imagine him getting the time wrong when talking about some very important, you know, international trade deal or conflict that's occurring between these regions? Because the, the London time it's not just London. It's everything <laughs> north and south of London. Wow. We got to read some of this stuff. I got to show you what's going on. And, and I, I want to talk to you about the fall of Saigon because I think, you know, where this is going is bad. But I want to make sure I stress, I do think there would have been bad things happening if Trump were in, in, in the White House uh, during the withdrawal. I think, it's, I think it's absurd to think that if Trump was in the White House, the Taliban would just be like, whatever you say, boss, let's be real. The Afghan security forces, they just gave in. There's videos of them like handing off their weapons, like I have a nice day with Trump. I think he would have lost it. You know, like he would have been furious. He threatened the full wrath on the Taliban. 
with Joe Biden in office, fumbling, bumbling Joe. Who's scared of that guy? He's not even around right now. So they can do whatever they want. They know Joe Biden's nowhere. Trump would have been like, excuse me, no, we're going to go in. We're sending in. It would have been nuts. And I think a lot of us would have been very critical of that, too. It's only because we can see what's happening with Joe Biden that we're aware that maybe it would have been better to have a, a, a more strategic withdrawal. Trump is saying that their plan was very different from what Biden did. And Biden botched the whole thing. Well, I'll tell you this, Trump, you should have fired Mark Milley. You should have fired a lot of people and you didn't do it. And so when you have someone like Donald Trump, who is supposed to be an outsider, but he comes in and he still just supports a lot of a same, a same, the same swamp monsters that have been in for a long time. You know, I, I don't necessarily blame him, but at the same time, the buck stops with him, right? John Bolton, the people he was bringing in, he was getting bad advice. So I can respect that he wanted to come in and, and do a lot of things. And he did. And, it's, and a lot of it was good. I think if he had fired more of these people, it'd be a very different situation. Newsweek says Joe Biden approval rating hits record low amid Afghan crisis. According to 538's tracker, which puts together a weighted average of polling, the president's approval rating is 50 percent. The figure as of August 13, 13 marked the lowest point the tracker has hit thus far since Biden was inaugurated. His disapproval rating of 43.8 percent is also at its highest point so far. I think it's really obvious what this is. This is what happens when you don't elect a president, you elect against a president. CNN breaking news reporting yesterday evening. President Biden is expected to address the nation in the next few days about the crisis in Afghanistan. An administration official says, wow, wow, wow. Where's the president, man? <laughs> I'm a, uh, it's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, man. Doesn't it feel like the country's just falling apart? You kidding me with what's going on right now? They've seized the look at this right now live. The, the Taliban has seized the presidential palace in Kabul. Afghanistan falls in a few days. It goes to show you this, too. Like, I'm not throwing all the shade at Joe Biden. I'll throw shade at him for not being here. Where's Jen's like, answer the questions. What's happening? Nowhere to be found. Let me just tell you, this is this is this is American, uh, you know, foreign policy at its at, at its best. <laughs> like, let's be real at its worst. Man, I don't know how you describe its worst. What, 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 fast and furious, giving guns to cartels. No, this is like when we actually have a, a successful occupation for 20 years and then we leave. This is what happens. So, again, not all Biden's fault. Let's throw it to George W. Bush. Let's throw it to Barack Obama. And then you got Donald Trump who wanted to get us out. I think we would have seen problems. I think we have to be fair about that. I just think Trump would have been like slamming his fist on the table, screaming. And I also think it's entirely possible the Taliban would have been terrified of Trump because we, we've talked about this. World leaders looked at Trump like a madman. And that's what the, even, the, even the leftist media was saying that they're like, Trump's an embarrassment. He's a, he's a madman with his finger on the trigger. I, I got to tell you, you got a crazy guy who's waving his gun in the air, screaming, you're going to be like, OK, chill, chill, stop, stop. You get Joe Biden who sits down and falls asleep. You're going to be like, dude, party's on. Check this out. This is this is the craziest stuff. Top Biden spokesman, Jen Psaki, out of the office of, as Afghanistan falls to the Taliban. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can believe it. I can believe it. I can I can believe it. I'm 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 shocked by so much of this, though, to be to be completely honest. I mean, I, I Jen Psaki, like. I'd at least expect her. She's not old and senile. She's just an administrative lackey. I, I figured she'd be up there saying everything that needed to be said. 
in this regard, they're just hiding. Our administration is hiding. <laughs> Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Check this out. This one's mind blowing. From MEAWW. What's wrong with White House clocks? London and Moscow's three hour time gap sparks wild theories. The White House clocks for London and Moscow showed a three hour gap instead of two in the pic, and Twitter pointed out it could be an old pic or a Photoshop. I don't know about none of that. All I can do is show you this. The White House tweeted. This morning, the president and vice president met with their national security team and senior officials to hear updates on the drawdown of our civilian personnel in Afghanistan, evacuations of SIV applicants and other Afghan allies in the ongoing security situation in Kabul. People then circled London and Moscow, noting a three hour time difference to which someone said this is from Kyle Becker. We said him on the show, actually, um, either their clocks are wrong, doubtful. Or this is an old photo just recycled and not even from this weekend. I'm sorry, this is not from Kyle, it's from someone else. There's currently only two hours between London and Moscow. What's actually going on? Old photo, look at the clocks. London and Moscow haven't been three hours apart since March, but nice try. Recent White House photos show a three-hour time difference uh, between London and Moscow. There are a few good explanations for this. Either Camp David's clocks are wrong, or the photos are from before March 28th when London went ahead on daylight savings time, but Moscow didn't. This is fine, wrote journalist Kyle Becker. Someone said Tehran is 1.5 hours ahead of Moscow, but only 30 minutes in this pic. A Twitter user quipped, note, the time in London and Moscow on the clocks show a three hour time difference. However, there is currently over only a two hour difference before March. London and Moscow have a three hour time difference because of daylight savings. Is this a stock photo? So it's not even London. It's also Tehran. Now, now hold on, hold on. What's a simple solution? Is it that they photoshopped an image to convince people. I mean, that's not far fetched. You know, you, PR is a game and you want to make sure people believe certain things and, and are calm or whatever. It's also entirely possible that it's Camp David. It's not, necess- it's not necessarily the White House, but still, if our military and administration can't keep clocks at the right time, yikes. I can look at it this way. You know, if someone's got, you know, like a summer house or a beach house, you show up and the clocks are wrong because you haven't been there in a long time. I don't necessarily know if I would believe that for Camp David, though, because Joe Biden's been been going there. Certainly their clocks have to be updated, but they weren't. I can't tell you what it definitively proves because it's just wrong clocks. That's going to be up for you to decide what you think makes the most sense. I honestly have no idea. I do think it's a strong possibility they just put up a stock photo. They were like, hey, look, here's Biden. 
because Biden isn't even giving a speech. If, if Biden was sitting here uh, uh, cognizant in these meetings, why couldn't he also just do a one minute really quick update to the camera? You see what you see what I mean? Check it out. If he's having this meeting, they could have just said, Mr. President, will you put out a simple tweet? And he would say he could have said something like, my fellow Americans, we are addressing the situation in Afghanistan and I will be giving a speech shortly. We want to make sure we have everything in order and we're doing this properly before we give out too much information. But I appreciate your patience. Please stand by and we will have that message for you as soon as possible. And as soon as it makes sense to make sure everyone is safe during this ongoing situation out. Now, I don't expect Joe Biden to be that articulate. So, you know, but why couldn't he just put out a message like that? In fact, why couldn't he just say, my fellow Americans, you may be aware of an ongoing situation. We'll have more for you as soon as we can make sure everyone is safe. Thank you. And please stand by. Instead, they just post this photo. Why didn't they uh, do anything to get a message out from the president? So I I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I'm not here to make conspiracy. I'm just going to tell you this is what people are pointing out. M-E-A-W-W is NewsGuard certified for all of you who care. It's a 92.5 out of 100. This is like NewsGuard says this is legit. And they're highlighting this difference. Y'all, I think the administration went AWOL. I think they saw the crisis. Jack Posobiec tweets, this isn't just the fall of Kabul. The entire leadership of the U.S. government disappeared today. A thousand narratives collapsed in real time. D.C. theater gave way to reality. A generation of people around the world watched as the U.S. government was humiliated. Jack is correct. Absolutely correct. Got this tweet from Jason uh, Brodsky. This heartbreaking, this is heartbreaking. It will be one of the most enduring and haunting videos from the U.S. withdrawal of Afghanistan. Afghan refugees clinging to a U.S. Air Force jet. Crazy video, man. Joe Biden said you would not see anything like this, but it is happening, man. Look at this. Look at this. Kabul airport. People, uh, all of these young men are climbing on top of the jet bridge, desperate to get out. The Taliban is moving in and... uh, It's going to get really bad. It's going to get really bad. Look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be one of these apologists for U.S. foreign policy or anything like that. I'm happy to see the U.S. finally get out. Afghanistan's not an American colony. And I think if the if the establishment had its way, that's what would happen. I I long for a, a, a world, I suppose, where we just mind our own business. Sound trade policy, harmony between nations to the best of our abilities military strength to defend and back up uh, ourselves, energy independence, a focus on more focus on nuclear energy and renewables. I think we could have that. But you see, there's people in this country and international business interests who think they should be in charge. And this is what you get because of it. Now, look, there are a lot of atrocities and a lot of horrible things happening in a lot of countries all over the planet. We can't be in all of them and we shouldn't be in all of them. We're America. We, sh- we shouldn't be going around, going around and doing these things. There is a challenge, though, in that if the U.S. is not actively participating in the world stage, China would just start sweeping over and taking over, getting more and more resources. And then before you know it, within a couple decades, it's too late to even stop them because they've grown too powerful and accumulated too much, too many resources. It's kind of what we saw with the Soviet Union, the Cold War and Vietnam and, and Korea these conflicts the U.S. was engaging in to stop the spread of communism, because if they got too big, war would either be inevitable or the U.S. would fall. It's a difficult situation. I'm not going to pretend to be uh, omniscient, be smart enough to tell you what we should or shouldn't have done. For all I know, and to be completely honest, 
because I've talked to so many people. We've done the best we could. But I don't think so. I don't. I think it's, it's the problem is we have a lot of liars. And because of all the lies, I'm just never going to trust that they're actually having our best interests. And I would prefer America to mind its own business. I would prefer us to do nation building in our own nation to send this money and these contractors, by all means, weapon manufacturer, hey, build the road over in, uh, in Michigan somewhere where the roads are falling apart. How about we build more critical infrastructure in the West Coast in these big empty areas? How about we focus on desert reclamation and start bringing, you know, water and plant life to certain areas and then and start actually building up this country instead of constantly trying to go to war somewhere else. From the New York Post, Joe Biden's defeat will echo for an eternity. This one is revealing. We've got this down here. Um, let me let me just read. Pompeo was in the room when Trump warned the Taliban senior negotiator, Mullah Barada, uh, I'm sorry, Baradar, that if a single American was hurt or threatened, the entire wrath of American power would rain down on them. Quote, we never trusted the Taliban. We made abundantly clear we weren't going to allow them to just walk away from any deal that they had struck. We were going to crush them. We were going to impose real costs on them. We weren't going to let them take these provincial capitals. They understood that American power was going to come to their village, to their community, to their friends and family. You can bet the Taliban believed Trump would make good on the threat. I actually think I actually agree with that. I think everybody in the world knew that to 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 whatever degree you would, you know, from a scale of one to 10, you know, one being a calm pacifist and 10 being a maniac slamming the nuclear button. Trump was certainly on the higher end of that scale. Some people might think he was unhinged. Others would just call him aggressive or tough. I don't I don't think either is I don't I don't care if you like or hate Trump. The dude was a bully. And a lot of Americans like that. He pushed back. He says, don't you tell me he was a bully for America. How many people in this world were like, don't this guy's nuts. Like, we don't know what he's going to do. Eh, Joe Biden's sleeping. You think this photo come? I see this photo come out. And you know what they're probably saying? You know, Taliban, they see this. They're looking at the time and they're just laughing and saying, this guy's pathetic. He'll do nothing. That's exactly what happened. They knew Joe Biden would do nothing and Joe Biden did nothing. And they're sweeping through Afghanistan, just taking everything. And it's getting worse and worse. Meanwhile, where was Biden when Kabul fell silent? Having another holiday at Camp David. The White House tweeted out a still photo of him taking notes while watching a video conference of his national security team. Very reassuring. I, I, I think, you know, people are saying this could be photoshopped. I don't know about all that. That I, I honestly, I kind of think the clocks are probably just not updated because they're just crappy digital clocks. Could be. I don't know, man. But let me, let me show you something. Let me, let, me, let me explain something to you. This is the fall of Saigon. And you have this photo of people climbing onto a rooftop and being evacuated by helicopter. This was, you know, the, the, the South Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese, the U.S. was losing control. The North Vietnamese were surrounding the city. They were coming. Let me just read a little bit. They say the fall of Saigon. And, and so you can understand when people say Kabul is Joe Biden's Saigon, is our generation Saigon. This is what it means. The fall of Saigon, also known as the liberation by, of Saigon by the North Vietnamese, was the capture of Saigon, the capital of South Vietnam, by the People's Army of Vietnam, Pevin. And the Viet Cong on the 30th of April, 1975, the event marked the end of the Vietnam War and the start of a transition period to the formal reunification of Vietnam into the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. The Pavan, under the command of General Van Tien Dong Jung, be, uh, began their final attack on Saigon on April 29th, uh, 29th of April, 1975, with the Army of the Republic of Vietnam, forces commanded by General Nguyen Van Thuan. Suffering heavy artillery bomb, uh, heavily artillery bombardment, 
By the afternoon of the next day, the Pavan had occupied the important points of the city and raised their flags over the South Vietnamese presidential palace, just like what we saw right now in Kabul. The city was renamed Ho Chi Minh City after the late North Vietnamese president Ho Chi Minh. The capture of the city was preceded by Operation Frequent Wind, the evacuation of almost all American civilian and military personnel in Saigon, along with tens of thousands of South Vietnamese civilians who had been associated with the Republic of Vietnam. A few Americans chose not to be evacuated. United States ground combat units had left South Vietnam more than two years prior to the fall of, the, uh, of, of Saigon and were not available to assist with either the defense of Saigon or the evacuation. The evacuation was the, lo- was the largest helicopter evacuation in history. In addition to the flight of refugees, the end of the war and the institution of new rules by the communists contributed to a decline in the city's population. I think that last one is the most chilling way to say that communists just go around murdering people. I'm worried about the the, the people in Kabul. I'm worried about those who helped America. But I'll tell you, man, we shouldn't have been there. And I think Joe Biden botched this and continues to. And I will tell you at the very least, you can argue, yeah, well, it was Trump's timeline. Then where is Joe Biden right now to come out and address the nation? Why is he hiding and why is Saki on vacation? Come out and just say it. That's apparently the statement so far, but still. The fact that they are hiding, cowering on vacation at this time, you come back from vacation. When, 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 the, when the power went out in Texas and Ted Cruz was about to fly to Cancun or wherever he was going, the media went nuts. And now that Joe Biden said you're on vacation during the fall of Kabul is insane. Think about what history will say of this day. Again, it's good we're leaving. I've, I'm worried about those who are, uh, you know, at risk. And Ron Paul said it, he said it best. If you prescribe the wrong medication and it's causing problems, you don't just keep the patient on that medication indefinitely. You have, you have to take, take them off of it. And if the invasion of Afghanistan was, was wrong, we should have left a long time ago. You see, because we've been in there for so long, there are a lot of people in Kabul who have had probably no choice but to work with the Americans in some way, work with us in some way. If we had left right away, most of these people probably would just be like, okay, the Taliban is bad, but you know, now how many people are going to be called traitors, hung up, strung up? How many people, 18 year olds, were born after the occupation and don't know life under the Taliban? It's going to be bad. And it's the fault of the US. And right now it's the fault of Joe Biden. Again, I'm going to say it. I, I don't know that Trump would have necessarily done a better job. I can tell you that they would at least fear the man and this probably wouldn't be happening. But I, I would actually say, too, I think Trump's aggressive behavior, he would have been sending in the troops. He would have, he would have done things very, very differently. He would, there would have been a major turnaround. I think we'd all be very critical to a certain degree, but it's only because we can see the, the failures of Joe Biden that we would have been. You know, I imagine that if Trump was still in office, he would have started pulling troops out. Afghan security forces would have bowing down. Trump would have lost it. And then he would have said, no way. And then we'd be like, oh, this is BS. Trump should be pulling out. This is crazy. It's only now because we can see how crazy things are getting because of the weakness of Biden that we know we needed a stronger, uh, a stronger um, commander in chief. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to say someone would have done better. We just don't know. But Biden's botching it. That's, that's a fact. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The Biden administration is in chaos. 
Several unmitigated disasters have been emerging for some time now. We've got the economic crisis, inflation, gas prices, a labor shortage. Word now the food cost is going to be permanent and Biden is going to have to increase food stamps to make up for it. We've got the border crisis. Leaked audio shows that the Biden administration feels they're going to lose control of an unsustainable border crisis. Kamala Harris was refusing to go down for months, only recently saying, "Okay, finally, I'll go down. And now we have Afghanistan. Images emerging from Kabul's airport are horrifying. And there's more video surfacing now of the Taliban overrunning the airport as American forces flee in utter desperation. Now, many people want to blame Trump for that, but I think you look to the other crises that we have been facing as, the, as a nation, and I think it's fair to say it is the fault of Joe Biden. The buck stops with him. He's the commander in chief. He's the leader. And right now, as, Afga- as Afghanistan falls, as Kabul falls, where is the administration? Jen Psaki on holiday. Joe Biden on holiday at Camp David, though, to be fair, he is going to address the nation. Now, for those of you watching this, I recorded it uh, sometime before Biden uh, did begin his speech, but he is going to come out of holiday and address the nation, which he should have done over the weekend. He should have done immediately. But my friends, we have this audio I want to lead with. And we'll talk all about all of these crises and what's happening. I want to talk to you about how the media tries to cover this up and what's happening with this administration. Joe Biden's approval rating has taken a hit to record lows, but the media still defends the man. I think this audio leak on the border crisis shows just how bad things really are. The media has been trying to claim that, oh, it's not a crisis on the border and it's not that big of a deal, or they try to blame Trump. But I have to say that it's remarkable, in my opinion, that all of this starts unfolding with ever increasing rapidity under the Joe Biden administration, a man who is canceling press events, who is on holiday when we are facing this major crisis. And while I think it's fair to criticize Trump for a lot of things, I think it's unfair to say that what's happening in Afghanistan or the economy or the border are the fault of Trump. Under Trump, the economy was booming pre-COVID. I understand that. And I'm not going to say that Joe Biden is responsible for what the, what, what, what the pandemic is doing. Under Trump, the economy was doing really well. Under Trump, the border was getting under control. And now we have a judge issuing a ruling that the remain in Mexico policy must be reinstated. Joe Biden's changes have caused these problems. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, That's 877-646-5347.
24-7. It's a hard topic. People who don't like Trump will never accept that, that it's Biden who did this. Many of them voted for Biden and they don't want to be responsible. They just want to point the finger to the past administration and say, oh, it's all it's all this guy. Trump's the one who negotiated the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Trump was presiding over the pandemic in the first place. Trump's the one who made inhumane policies and forced our hand. None of which is true, except for the fact that Trump did negotiate this withdrawal. But Trump's withdrawal was not supposed to be this way, the way Joe Biden did it. Joe Biden delayed it by over three months. The withdrawal was supposed to be in May, giving the Taliban more time to plan, time that they, the Biden administration, clearly did not use to plan themselves. They had more than enough time to figure this out. And not to mention, Joe Biden could have simply said, no, we're going to stay. You can't do anything about it. Now, I will give him that respect. I think leaving Afghanistan is the right move. It's a shame that it's going down this way, but let's be real. It is the Biden administration that has dropped the ball across the board. And I want to get started with this story from TimCast.com about these audio leaks, which kind of back this up. It's a very different world, isn't it? Behind the scenes, what they're saying, their private position versus their public position. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to articles just like this. And if you're a member, you'll get an advertisement-free experience as well as access to the TimCast IRL members-only podcast episodes that go up Monday through Thursday. And you're just helping support our journalism, our writing, and the expansion of, of the projects we have. We have several shows coming out. Of course, all of these shows will be available to all members for the same amazing price. We'll see how long I can keep that up until we get strained, but I think, I think we can make this work with your support. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, hit that notification bell, if it matters, I guess, and share the show with your friend, uh, with friends and family. Put it on social media. Click that share button. Let me read and, and, we'll, and we'll start breaking down everything that's happening in this country. And I think it needs to be said. Audio leaks of Biden border chief admitting we're going to lose control of unsustainable border crisis. Secretly recorded audio of Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas Private, a meeting privately with U.S. Border Patrol agents in Texas on Thursday has been leaked online. In the audio, Mayorkas can be heard saying that the border crisis is unsustainable and that we're going to lose control of the situation if borders are the first line of defense for America. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey called on Mayorkas to step down hours after the recording went public. A couple of days ago, I was down in Mexico and I said, look, you know, if 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 our borders are the first line of defense, we're going to lose. And this is unsustainable, he says. We can't continue like this. Our people in the field can't continue and our system isn't built for it. It's amazing. Ducey said, the safety of Arizona and our entire nation depends on Mayorkas stepping down. We can't have a defeatist fighting for our nation's border security. It's time for Secretary Mayorkas to resign, and he needs to be replaced with someone who will tell the truth publicly and stand up to the radical activists inside the Biden administration, the Biden-Harris administration, Ducey said. Trump slammed the Biden admin over the border crisis in a statement published on Friday morning. Tragic mess in Afghanistan, a completely open and broken border, crime at record levels, oil prices through the roof, inflation rising, and taken advantage of by the entire world. Do you miss me yet? Trump wrote, my friends, there are a lot of things I don't miss about Donald Trump. And uh, it's a tough point to make. But is that really the game we're playing? Trump is the big ask. Look, between Hillary and Trump, I didn't vote. In 2020, between Biden and Trump, I said, OK, I'll take Trump. And I think I was right. 
Now, if I had a choice, I wouldn't choose either. I like what Trump proposed in terms of his second term agenda. School choice is big. I think it's very important, especially right now. Getting the troops out of, out of Afghanistan, I think that was very important. But 2019 was a massive boom year for so many people. The economy was roaring. Granted, the debt was roaring as well. Trump is far from perfect. I look at someone right now like DeSantis, who has a lot of the similar policies that I think a lot of Trump supporters would get behind. And he's not the bombastic, brash personality and, you know, uh, ill, uh, aggressive temper. We'll call it that, that Trump has. I do think there are benefits to having someone like Trump. But do we miss him yet? I hate to say it, but compared to Joe Biden, I think the reason why I voted for Trump is obvious at this point. The, the crises we are facing, Trump lays it all out. Afghanistan, chaos, the border, chaos, crime at record levels. It's, it's true. Oil prices through the roof, inflation. It's now going to be permanent. They were, they were telling us all the time, don't worry, it's temporary. They lied. The media lied. Inflation will be temporary because the economy is booming. No, it isn't. People are quitting their jobs. We added a million new jobs to the economy, but we added a million new job openings, apparently, because people are quitting their jobs. It's manipulation, man. It feels like a controlled demolition and being taken advantage of the entire world. The New York Post reports that Mayorkas also received at the meeting that more than 212,000 illegal immigrants had been stopped by border agents last month alone. The 212,672 stops in July, which is a 20-year high, represented a 12.6% increase over June, when 188,934 stops were reported. According to figures released by the Border Patrol, the report continues. Border Patrol has already stopped over 1.1 million illegal border crossing attempts this year. And how many people weren't stopped at all? Now, there is a development, and I'm showing you this because it backs up. This is Biden's fault. Judge orders Biden to re-implement Trump's remain in Mexico policy. On Friday, a federal judge ordered the Biden administration to re-implement former President Trump's remain in Mexico policy, which required migrants who attempted to eagerly, illegally cross the southern border to stay in Mexico as they wait for the case to be adjudicated. Judge Matthew J. Kaczmark, I can't pronounce it, sorry, ruled the Biden administration must enforce and implement migrant protection protocols, also known as remain in Mexico, in good faith until such time as it has been lawfully rescinded in compliance with the Administrative Procedure Act. This was Joe Biden. My friends, right now, we are dealing with a major crisis in Afghanistan. We are dealing with an economic crisis. Inflation is going to be permanent, as I stated. And I pull up for you, my friends, a simple Google search. Biden approval rating. That's it. I'm not trying to do any bias searches like people hate Biden or Biden rating tanks. Okay. I mean, I know what I say based on what I search for, but this is what I search for. We get three articles displayed by Google. 538's uh, interesting. What's behind Biden's declining approval rating? We get Newsweek. Joe Biden approval rating hits record low amid Afghanistan crisis. And I love this one from Bloomberg. Biden's approval rating takes its first little dip. I'm not kidding. That's what it says. Biden's approval rating takes its first little dip. Is this a joke? How about Newsweek record low? I suppose the challenge is people will look at that and assume it's in the absolute gutter, but it is below 50%, depending on which pollster you're looking at. I bring you now to Mr. Greg Price on Twitter. And he has this tweet only seven months in. And um, it's fascinating. Here's an image. Taliban leadership inside Afghan presidential palace in Kabul 
with dozens of armed fighters live. This this from Al Jazeera. The next photo from Pew Research. Migrant encounters at U.S.-Mexico border are a 21-year high. CBS News. U.S. gas prices highest in seven years, up 40% since January. Inflation is the highest it's been in nearly 13 years. That is something else. Now, I can tell you a million times the administration's in chaos, but don't take it from me. Well, actually, yeah, take it from me because I tweeted this out, but it's a, it's a trend on Twitter. 25th Amendment is trending at number 13 in the U.S. And here's the image, politics, 13, trending with 24,500 tweets. That's not millions. I mean, we're not talking about uh, 70 million people here saying 25th Amendment. You don't have that many people using Twitter who are, you know, the small percentage of the population uses Twitter. The 25th Amendment is the call to have uh, uh, Joe Biden removed from office. I guess we would then get Kamala Harris. Can I tell you how what's happening with Afghanistan manifests in something truly disastrous for this country? This is a tweet from the Global Times. Chinese state affiliated media, basically the mouthpiece of the Chinese Communist Party. They said, from what happened in Afghanistan, those in Taiwan should perceive that once war breaks out in the Straits, the island's defense will collapse in hours and U.S. military won't come to help. As a result, the DPP will quickly surrender. This is amazing. In this image, they say, once a cross-straits war breaks out, while the mainland seizes the island with forces, the U.S. Would have, to, would have to have a much greater determination than it had for Afghanistan, Syria, and Vietnam if it wants to interfere. They are looking at what's happening in Afghanistan, saying, this is proof the United States has no, has, has no strength. I think that's true. I think it's absolutely true. I think what we're seeing in Afghanistan should send shock shockwaves um, to people in this country. We should not have been there. We should have left immediately. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have gone. We shouldn't have stayed, and we should leave now. And I have to be fair. Biden does deserve credit for saying we're going to at least follow through with the withdrawal because I'm. I want it to happen. Personally, I don't see why we are trying to build another nation. Look at some of these videos. I posted a video of a U.S. soldier trying to teach the Afghan security forces to do jumping jacks, and they can't. I am not exaggerating. They can't do jumping jacks. These people were not prepared and not capable for whatever reason. They were farmers. And there's a man, and he's just jumping, and, 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 and you see the exasperation of the U.S. soldier. Why did we remain? No, we should leave. The problem is, when you see this video, of the Taliban storming the, the, the airport and gunshots ringing out. And you see the helicopter and the U.S. military forces fleeing in desperation and panic. Why did that happen? It's because Joe Biden has done a few things. One, he pushed past the deadline for Afghanistan for, by, by three months, giving them more time to prepare. Clearly, he did not prepare. And the Taliban threatened, if you do this, we will retaliate. And they are. Joe Biden also He's AWOL on these crises. He can't stop the border crisis. He can't stop the economic crisis. It's all piling up and everyone can see it. And that sends a message to the people of the world. It sends a message to the Taliban. This now's our chance. The, 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 the great giant is asleep at the wheel. This is what you get when you vote against an administration. And now with an already massive border crisis, we get stories like these from Business Insider. 
After 20 years of destruction, the U.S. has a moral obligation to let in one million Afghan refugees. How are we going to do that? We going to let in uh, the, a million people? How do we track for that? How do we how do we track for people who are Taliban sympathizers or just the, the general vetting process? No, 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 don't get me wrong. I think we should let in interpreters and contractors, people in Afghanistan, Af- Af- Afghanis who assisted the U.S., I believe must be evacuated and given refugee status. But is that a million? Insider reports. 20 years of war, of U.S. war in Afghanistan have resulted in hundreds of thousands of Afghan deaths and a displacement of 5.9 million people. The U.S. government and U.S. citizens have a responsibility to repair the damage caused by our war. The U.S. must resettle at least 1 million Afghan refugees in the U.S. over the next decade and provide additional humanitarian assistance to Afghans. David Vine is a professor of anthropology, and he makes that argument. I don't think we have the capability to do this. And this is this is the extreme position we find ourselves in. And again, I blame Joe Biden. Now, look, these things do not happen in a vacuum. Okay, Trump is responsible for some, some of what we see in the world with global politics and everything like that. It is true that Donald Trump is the one who set the deadline and said we're leaving Afghanistan. I think it's fair to point out. I believe the Taliban still would have seized Afghanistan very quickly, but it would be very different. Okay, the the speed at which the Afghani government collapsed and government officials fled and Afghani security forces fled in helicopters and they're flying to other countries. One got shot down, apparently. I think it was in Uzbekistan. That shows that even if it was Trump, things would have been bad. The difference? Two, two things. One, Trump was a bombastic, ill-tempered kind of man, okay? Do you think he's the kind of guy who's going to sit there and be like, what are they doing? Mm -mm. No. A lot of people are posting they thought Trump would start bombing the the tarmac when the Taliban ran in, and I'm like, I kind of think so. Look what he did with with Suleimani, okay? It's horrifying to think, but it's war. I mean, the Taliban, these people are in combat and trying to storm an airport as we're evacuating. That's not that's not cool. If the Taliban stood back, there could be a clean evacuation. But no, 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 no. They want this. The Taliban wants everyone to see America running in fear. Do you think Trump would allow the Taliban to make the U.S. look like it's running in fear? No way. Trump would drop bombs. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's certainly better than civilians and and, and military personnel and contractors being killed. I think Trump would have just Trump would have lit up. But check this out. I want to show you this video of what's happening right now in this country. We have a video. Mike Cernovich tweeted about it. In the video, you can see a reporter. I believe it's uh, Clarissa Ward. Is that is that who it is? I I believe it is. Uh, Yes, Clarissa Ward. She's wearing uh, the burqa. She's wearing the um, the appropriate attire for the region of the Taliban is in control. Women have to wear uh, these things. And she says that they're chanting death to America, but also quite friendly. It's a bit bizarre. Now, this video has gone viral. I definitely think she, you know, you know what makes me laugh about this video is the, the uh, oblivious nature of, of what this reporter is saying. However, I do think it's very good that we have a reporter on the ground. I think it's incredibly brave of Clarissa Ward to be there. Look, she's a woman and the Taliban are not going to respect women in this regard. You can even see the men looking at her and kind of laughing. And she's wearing these clothes reporting for CNN. I want the imagery. I want the video. I want to know what's going on. But there is some criticism. Now, Mike Cernovich said 
The Taliban allows CNN, as this is immense propaganda value for them, shows them in victory. Even Western women must wear hijab in Afghanistan now. This isn't reporting. It's doing the enemy's bidding. I disagree. It is reporting, but it's a bit naive reporting. You see, the reason they're being friendly, the Taliban is allowing, the reason they've run in, the reason they're allowing this, this reporter is because they want people to see them chasing America, having them run scared. It's not that they're being friendly. It's that they're tolerating you for now because they want everyone to see how powerful they are. And you're doing that for them. However, I'm still glad that they got the footage. 100%. I'm glad to see the, the imagery of the Taliban chanting these things. We want to know who these people are. And we want to know what's going on. And we need more information to better assess, assess these circumstances. To be fair, however, we have this article from Hot Air. Now, Hot Air is, is, is a right-leaning opinion site. It's my, my understanding. And they said she's not defending them. Okay. I still think she gave a poor choice of words. They say, is that what she's really doing? Cheerleading for the Taliban? She isn't. For one thing, no one who'd make a wardrobe adjustment as drastic as this in 24 hours is confused with the nature of the new regime. And you can see on August 15th, Clarissa Ward was wearing normal clothes. On the 16th, she's in a burqa. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As an American and a woman, she is an obvious target. The hijab is a small way to mitigate the threat of violence to her and her crew, and it was the right move. I, I do not think she's trying to apologize. I think she should, maybe she, she shouldn't have said it at all. Maybe they should have filmed it, and she could have reported after the fact. I don't think she needed to be down there for this. The camera person could do it, and then she could report back later what she saw, because you need to say, these people are not friendly. They are chanting death to America. They want this imagery to get out. They want people to see them as strong. It is a disaster. And it's not just uh, it's not just Afghanistan. I know it's, it's big in the news. I know this is the big story. So we're definitely going to talk about it because this is a defining moment for the administration of Joe Biden. It's almost like people are going to see everything that happened. And, and we all predicted this, right? People will vote for Joe Biden because they're voting against a president. They're voting to elect against a president. It's not, it's not that they're voting against Trump. They're literally voting against a president. Normally, when it's like, who do you have to choose from? You've got Democrat, Republican. Over the past few elections, it's like, well, look, George Bush is really, really bad. And so I'll take this guy who's actually not that bad. It used to be the lesser of two evils, right? The idea was with, uh, you know, Al Gore and George W. Bush, it was like, well, Bush is really awful and Al Gore is pretty good. So let's do that. With Joe Biden, it was Trump is awful and Biden is not Trump. They weren't even saying Biden was going to do anything for us. They were like, at least it's not Trump. A lot of people, at least in the past, were like, yeah, I wish we'd get someone better than Gore or Kerry. People loved Obama, to be honest. With, with, with Donald Trump and Joe Biden, nobody was coming out. Okay, I mean, it's hypothetical, right? For the most part, people weren't coming out saying, yay, Biden. In fact, Biden's enthusiasm was like 26%. One, it was like record low. What people didn't consider is that, Joe Biden, uh, that Donald Trump's uh, um, 
unfavorability was also extremely high. And the favorability, uh, the enthusiasm for voting against Trump was also really high, like 80%. So as much as they love to come after me for saying, you know, the hypothetical 49 state landslide, uh, what I also added was that you need to consider these people, a lot of these conservatives aren't considering the fact that enthusiasm, enthusiasm against Trump was extremely high. Well, now what may happen is people are going to see the other utter chaos of this presidential administration, and it could result in people just saying, enough, we will take Trump, please. I wouldn't be surprised. This is going to get worse. We've been saying it's going to get worse, and I don't want to, I don't want to say it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I don't have any swing in the Biden administration. I don't talk to any of these people. We're watching what they do, and we're seeing how bad it gets. Take a look at this. From the New York Post, in June, Kamala Harris doesn't actually visit border, says nothing of its substance, leaves, it was all theater. She was refusing to go to the border. Everyone kept saying, are you going to go, are you going to go, are you going to go? The crisis is getting out of hand. Take a look how Texas Tribune reports the same day. In her first trip to the U.S.-Mexico border as vice president, Kamala Harris focused on causes of immigration. I pulled these two stories to contrast how the media portrays things. For the longest time, she was refusing to go. Okay, at the very least, she went down to El Paso. However, Republicans continue to attack her for not going to the Rio Grande Valley, where a large number of border apprehensions are happening. So she went down. She didn't go to the hot spot, And I think she should have. And while I think we're going to play this, we're going to play this straight, we're going to say this very simply. Kamala Harris went to the border, but she didn't go to the hotspot. She should have. Deserves some criticism. I'm not going to pretend she didn't go to the border. I'm just going to say they don't take this seriously. And now, for one of the most horrifying, like, I shouldn't say horrifying, but devastating things here, for the regular working class American, if you voted for this man, if you voted for this, Biden administration prompts largest permanent increase in food stamps because inflation is so incredibly high, it is falling down around us. I see it. I went to the grocery store. We were doing, a, you know, we're filming for the vlog. We have a lot of employees here. We have a couple dozen. So we're buying groceries and I'm just looking at the prices and I'm laughing. We went to buy cat food. I got three cases of cat food. Okay. I'm talking like not big boxes. I'm talking. They're like, I think it's let's 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 see. It's like 24 cans. So I think we got like uh, like 36 cans. It was almost two hundred dollars. I'm not exaggerating. It was like, I think they were, they were like, it was like uh, one pack was 40 bucks. So it was like 130. Okay. Exaggerating. It came out to like 140 something dollars altogether for these three things of, of cat food that'll probably last us a month. Last time we went and bought a bunch of cat food, it was like 60 bucks because the prices are going up. There's meat shortages. People, they, they were telling me at the pet store, like, oh yeah, it's getting, it's getting expensive. I was like, Really? We go grocery shopping. Things are getting expensive, man. Gas is going up. It's causing everything to go up. The Biden administration is paying, is, 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 is trying to extend, is extending all of these, these, this free money stuff. Eviction moratoriums means people can ride out what they owe on eviction and then not pay. And then they can just abruptly leave the last minute once the moratorium ends. They're not spending money on rent. Some are. A lot of people are paying rent. A lot of people are honorable. They have scruples. But there's a lot of people who are like, if you can't kick me out, I'll save the money. And then just by the time they can file for eviction, I'll go get a new place. And then I'll have all the money in my pocket. How about that? And get this. Landlords can't take security deposits towards back rent. So they'll have to give that back. It's free money plus the unemployment benefits. So there's a labor shortage. 
The New York Times reports the jump in benefits, the biggest in the program's history, comes after a revision of the initiative's nutrition standards that supporters say will reduce hunger and better reflect how Americans eat. Okay, the New York Times isn't necessarily saying it's inflation. They're saying it's about nutrition. More free money. Do you understand? I want people to have better nutrition. I really, really do. Uh, I've recently taken that a bit more serious. I, I was talking to, you know, Ian about this. You guys know Ian from the Tim Kessler podcast. He was like, you're looking good, man. And, uh, it's, you know, since, since I'm like, since last week, he's like, yeah, I, was, well, I cut all the bread out. Seriously. I was like, you know, I, I don't eat that much bread. And I was thinking it was fine, breaded stuff. And then I was just like, you know what, man, I'm just not going to eat it. And I just dropped eating it. I feel great. Cutting down the sugar substantially, feel great. I want everyone to eat better. But how do you just do that? Giving more money to people doesn't do that. But here we go again. If somebody, look, I, I have received food stamps in my life. I've been unemployed in my life. And I have talked to people about it. I've gone to food banks when I was younger. And I see a lot of these people with these food cards. They would go in and you can buy candy bars. You can buy junk food all day and night. They'll give you the money to buy food, but they won't tell you what you have to buy. And you can't buy hot food with it, which I, I got to be honest, probably be better than just giving someone a blanket card for a supermarket. Michael Bloomberg's solution in his mind was to tax the poor, he said, because he thought that, uh, you know, Bloomberg was saying poor people don't have, and this is Bloomberg saying this, the knowledge. Yeah, that they don't have the ability. So he wanted to tax them so they could he could buy things for them. I, I say things that way to prevent out of context clips. If you, if you get the idea, of course, people still do it. I love it when there's a clip of me that pops up and it's like, I think that uh, and people believe that's real. It's really, really amazing stuff. But here we are. Many people are saying the reason that Biden is increasing the cost of food is because inflation has gone up to such a degree. I've talked to people who receive benefits in, in the past few months, and they tell me they're worried because things are getting too expensive and their benefits are getting cut. Now, food benefits are getting increased. What do you think happens when Joe Biden keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing? Free money, more money, inflation, inflation, inflation. And then it gets worse. Isn't it interesting how we predicted this was going to happen? It seemed obvious to me. If people get free money and don't have to work, they won't work. If you give people, people money to cover um, as much of their bills as, as, as it doesn't even matter, actually. If you give someone a dollar for free, they'll take, it, they'll, they'll take it and they'll buy something with it. If you give them $10, they'll take it. They'll buy something with it. If you keep giving someone $300 and everyone keeps just getting this money, eventually that $300 becomes worth almost nothing because everybody's got the money to spend. No one's producing anything. And then with inflation, people eventually just say, awesome, three bucks, 300 bucks. Wow. I can get a candy bar for that. It's still a free candy bar. I'll take it. This is another program where Joe Biden is giving out more money. Under the new rules announced Monday, will put in place in October, uh, put in place in October, uh, and put in place in October, average benefits will rise more than 25% from pandemic levels. All 42 million people in the program will receive additional aid. The move does not require congressional approval. I like the idea of helping people. But I also don't like the idea of creating dependency on government, which is what's happening. Programs from the government would be better suited, not just giving out free money, but giving out abilities, teaching people to fish instead of giving them fish. But I think they understand this. It's funny. People like to post that meme where it's a sign and it says, please do not feed the wild animals because they will become dependent on humans. And then they show the government saying, you know, welfare programs or whatever. I think they misunderstand. They think these 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 uh, Democrat government individuals are morons 
who don't understand. No, they do. They're creating a dependent voter base. They're doing it very, very heavily. With every day they give out free money and extended benefits, come 2022, what's going to happen? Republicans have already tried to take the benefits away. And you're going to have a bunch of people saying, if I don't have these benefits, I'm in trouble. The Republicans will then be forced to say, okay, we won't do it. And we drift ever so slowly, actually, ever so gradually, and then suddenly into some kind of authoritarianism. It's not communism. No, see, the people on the right call it communism. It's not. The people on the left call it capitalism. We've always been. That's just wrong, too. It's fascism. I mean, it's just fascism. It's the lucrative merger of corporation and state. There's revolving door policies between the highest levels of government and industry, and this is what they do. I'm not a fan of Joe Biden. I absolutely want to give him credit for following through on the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And as much as he screwed this up, he didn't think it was going to happen, you know? So I'm not going to say he's, he's jumping on the grenade or anything. I'm, I'm glad he followed through, and now he looks like, a, like an idiot. But he did the right thing. He just did it extremely poorly. I'm worried that people are going to say, look at this botched uh, exodus as a justification for more forever wars and regime change wars, when I wish we would just focus on ourselves. We are a stagnating culture. We have serious problems within our own country. And we're so, we've been for so long obsessed with foreign policy stuff. I'd love to just see America care about America, not be the world police and all that stuff. But it seems like that's what's still going to happen. So let's just, let me just say, as much as these images are bad, as much as we can absolutely say Biden botched this one, let's give him some credit for withdrawing from Afghanistan, because I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it happen. I hope everyone stays as safe as possible. And I feel for the people of Afghanistan who are worried about what the Taliban will do. But all of these young men fleeing the country, if there's one thing the U.S. screwed up, it didn't teach these people to stand up for what they believed in. And that's a problem we have here at home, too. I'll leave it there. Stand up now or forever hold your peace. We need to be peaceful, persuasive. We need to be resourceful. We need to prove come 2022 that there is an alternative. And I, I would love to see at least one or two libertarians win some congressional seats, create some pushback for the unit party. How do we do that? I don't know. Mises caucus, maybe. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. We're going to take a break from your regularly scheduled America is Falling Apart segment to bring you to Australia, where Australia is falling apart. Things are getting crazy, man. I, I don't even know anymore. I mean, to be honest, we got all this stuff with Afghanistan. It is a disaster. They're calling it the fall of Kabul. They're saying it's Biden, Saigon. It's our generation, Saigon. We got COVID lockdowns. We got the escalation of the Delta variant. Man, Biden is not doing all that well. More importantly, dudes AWOL. But over in Sydney, Australia, we're getting a glimpse of what may come to this country because, well, I, I should say could come doesn't mean will. We do have a Bill of Rights. We do have a constitution which protects us in a lot of ways, but I'm not sure it's going to be able to protect us from everything because eventually, as the constitution erodes, its protections become less and less impactful. Over in Sydney, the police have announced they're going to make everybody stay home. The military has been deployed. And this is, is truly one of the scariest posts I've seen in a long time. I know many of you don't live in Australia and probably don't care, but I'm sure you gotta rec what you got to recognize is that we're maybe a month behind where Australia is in terms of tracking COVID, as some have predicted. 
They're saying that the Delta variant is escalating to the point where we may need, need uh, we may need lockdowns. And we did have statements from Jack Posobiec that White House officials were, were saying or that the White House was planning full scale lockdowns in the U.S. I don't know if that would work here. And just because they're discussing it doesn't mean it will happen. But we did hear the news that Joe Biden was discussing or the administration vaccine passports for interstate travel. Let me show you what's happening in Sydney, because this, my friends, is a warning of the despotism that is rising across the world in in many Western countries. You need to know about it because we have to speak up while we can speak up. In this post from the New South Wales Police Force, they said the New South Wales Police Force will launch Operation Stay at Home from 12 a.m. Monday, 16th, August 2021, in a significant boost to public health order enforcement efforts across the state. The operation will utilize resources from all police districts and police area commands under metropolitan and regional New South Wales field operations, alongside officers attached to the Traffic and Highway Patrol Command, Police Transport Command, Dog and Mounted Unit, and a number of other specialist commands as required. Significantly, 1,400 officers attached to Traffic and Highway Patrol Command will be dedicated to both static and mobile COVID-19 compliance operations on the state's roads. They say a further 500 Australian Defense Force troops, in addition to the 300 already already deployed, will assist with compliance checks and patrols. That is 800 active duty Australian military members. Operation Stay at Home will be coordinated from the Police Operations Center in Sydney under the command of Acting Assistant Commissioner Andrew Holland. Minister for Police and Emergency Services David Elliott said the New South Wales government was supporting the commissioner's call for assistance in the most practical way. The commissioner asked for tighter public health orders, and the government agreed. The commissioner asked for higher fines, and the government agreed. And the commissioner asked for more ADF personnel, And we have an additional 500 highly trained ADF personnel arriving to assist, Mr. Elliott said. We have had to tighten the current public health orders because of the majority who exploited them. Enough is enough. If you do it, you will get fined. The only way out of this COVID-19 crisis is if we support each other and support the New South Wales police-led compliance operation, Operation Stay at Home. Deputy Commissioner Mal Lanian. Metropolitan Field Operations said the operation would see more police on the ground across Greater Sydney, utilizing some of the strongest powers ever given to police. The level of noncompliance by some members of this community is unacceptable, and we will be doubling down. You know what? I shouldn't be reading this straight. I should be reading it like, the level of noncompliance by some members of the community is unacceptable, and we will be doubling down with compliance and enforcement to make sure we get ahead of the Delta strain. Emperor, uh, Supreme Chancellor, I'm sorry, Deputy Commissioner Lanyon said, it only takes one person to do the wrong thing to facilitate considerable spread of the virus. We will be issuing $5,000 fines to people who are closing any business, uh, to people and closing any business, sorry. They'll be issuing $5,000 fines to people and closing any businesses which continue to breach the health orders. The health orders, they say. I will not apologize for these increased enforcement efforts going forward. The Australian people, oh man, they're supposed to be the, this this hardened outback. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Instead, we get a bunch of people just being like, thank you, government. I know people in Australia aren't happy with it. I hear, I see messages from people and they're saying it's horrifying and it's not everywhere. 
in the wealthier areas, apparently people are just fine and going about their business. But in the poor areas, well, those are the hotspots. They say Deputy Commissioner Mick Willing, regional New South Wales field operation, said preventing movement to regional areas from Sydney and between regional areas would be a key focus of the operation. And there it is. What did the Biden administration say, my friends? Vaccine passports for interstate travel. I made a tweet. I said, if they do this, the United States would collapse almost immediately. And I got a bunch of messages from a, a, a lot from people, a lot of people saying it would not be almost. It would be instantaneous. And the reason is, I mean, look, for where I live, where we operate of, we're in the tri-state with Maryland, Virginia and West Virginia. You have no choice but to, to jump around between states. Like, it's not even an issue. It's you drive 30 seconds, you're in a different state because they all border each other, basically. So if you want to go to the hardware store, you're in West Virginia. You want to go to, or that, actually, that's Maryland. If you want to go and get wings, well, that's going to be in Virginia. If you want to go to the tractor supply store, that's in West Virginia. And they're all within like 15 minutes of each other. It's just like one area. But people are all living all, I mean, there's a reason people settled in these areas. And there's a lot of people who live here. If they required vaccine passports for interstate travel, I mean, it'd be over. You'd have to drive twice as far to find something in your state. There'd be no communication between the states. I don't even know how they'd enforce that. To be honest, it doesn't sound like it's possible in a country like the U.S. But you see what they're saying here. Pay attention, my friends. They said preventing movement to regional areas from Sydney and, and between regional areas. That's what they're doing in Australia. Man, Australia has no real means of, uh, of, of stopping this. I mean, the government has just seized everything and the people will just comply. Now, we do have some potential light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose, or I should say uh, an opportunity for pushback for those in Australia. Fed up ABC boss, Ita Butros, says she will protest if Sydney's lockdown laws aren't rolled back by December and says the pandemic makes her feel I no longer have any rights. Okay, this is a media, prominent media personality in Australia. I'm not Australian, so I'm not super familiar with who this person is. I'm not familiar with who this person is, to be honest. Um, but I'll just say this. While there may be some cause for optimism, hey, prominent media personality is pushing back and saying no to this. I want to stress. She's saying by December. By December? Really? So they do it and you're like, mm, I'm going to get really mad in about four months. Sure. In four months, your routines will have changed. You will adapt to the lockdown and say, but I don't want to raise my head up. This is why I keep telling everybody. You must speak now or forever. Hold your peace. In the United States, we are seeing more and more restrictions. We are seeing, uh, you know, so, so where I'm at, like I mentioned, we're in this area. We went down to Virginia because we were going, where were we going? I can't remember where we were going. Uh, we went to a comic shop and we started going, uh, we went to a couple other businesses to pick up. Yes. Hey, look, we're in the shopping area. We went to this, not a comic shop, a game store. We were getting board games and stuff. And um, they all had mask signs. They had these really interesting signs put up everywhere that make it seem like you have to wear a mask, but they don't tell you you have to. And nobody cared. And it was the weirdest thing to see that they were doing this. Some of these stores, the sign would say something like, uh, uh, you know, it was like, due to new uh, uh, coronavirus guidelines released by the CDC, 
this store is advising the, the you know the wearing uh, the wearing of masks you know or something like that it, i can't i can't remember exactly what it, what it, what it was said but it said like it was really wordy and it tried making it seem like you had to wear a mask and there were these big uh, some places we went to had like big signs that looked like they spent a lot of money on them like for corporate, you know, like they said, hey, we're going to, you know, like the actual part of the branding of the store that said like masks are required, you know, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something where it was kind of like when you actually read it and thought about it, they weren't telling you you had to wear a mask. It was just like, you better wear a mask, you know, and then you walk in. Here's the interesting thing. A lot of people were wearing masks, but a lot of people weren't. And that's why it was strange. So we just went shopping like, I, I don't, I don't know. They didn't, you, they put up these weird signs. And I think it's because they're worried, Americans. Well, we're not like Australians, okay? We're, 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 we're a different kind of people, right? I think what they're worried about is if they mandate masks, people will get angry and say no. So they've done this pseudo requirement thing a lot of stores have put up where they make a lot of regular people just think they have to wear masks. So they do. And then the people who actually stop to read the sign are like, this doesn't say we have to wear masks. It just says some weird thing about CDC guidelines. And I think it's something like the CDC is, is, is a... a you know, guiding everybody towards wearing masks regardless of vaccination status. And then it doesn't say anything about their store or the store's requirements. I just find it to be very, very strange. Anyway, I digress. Back to what's happening in Australia. You see, I think it can happen here. And I think we very much would follow a similar path. We'll have prominent media personalities. The, the news will write, Tim Pool says he's fed up and we're going to protest. Uh, I'll, I'll protest well before December if they sent out police and military to keep us in our homes, especially when you consider that, that Sydney hasn't even had that many cases. They're literally going the China route of like barricading people in their homes. Figure, well, I, I shouldn't even say figuratively. I mean, they're not welding everybody, anybody's house shut, but look, they're deploying what, 2,000 police officers, 800 soldiers. The Daily Mail says, ABC chairwoman, Ida Buttrose has slammed Sydney's lockdowns and threatened to protest if life isn't back to normal by December. The respected Australian media identity, question, uh, identity? questioned if she had had any rights as a citizen during a keynote speech made at the Australian HR Institute's public sector conference via video link last week. The 79-year-old said she was concerned about how long Sydney ciders, is that how you say it? Would Sydney ciders would remain under the stay-at-home orders enforced by the New South Wales government. The former editor of Women's Weekly also revealed the pandemic made her feel stripped of her own civil rights. In Sydney, we are told the current lockdown might continue until December. That would be utterly unbearable. I think I would have to protest. Ms. Butro said she only felt compelled to protest once before when she marched on Parliament House in Canberra in 2011. The ABC figurehead, who was also a longtime ambassador for Dementia Australia, rallied for increased government funding for dementia research and, re and treatment. Only a few weeks ago, 3,500 angry Sydney-siders, as well as others in Victoria and Queensland, took to the streets to protest against the lockdowns. The protesters in Sydney marched from Victoria Park to Town Hall on July 24th, much to the displeasure of health officials who feared a super spreader event. Wake up, people. Wake up, sheeple. Right? I'm not, I'm not telling you that there is a nefarious plot by a group of global insiders. We are well past that. Make uh, Look, those are the, the days of old conspiracy theory. I'm saying wake up in a different sense. I'm saying that these people went out to protest and the police were sent out and the military to keep them in their homes. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. That's what I'm telling you to wake up to. We're not, we're not, we're not looking in the face of an evil bankster who's working a crazy deal with some, you know, four international interests for some secret plot on an island somewhere. All that stuff from 10, 20 years ago was like the stuff you could never prove. And I was always like, eh, you know, you look, you said it happened. I don't know. People always go, oh, Bilderberg. And I'm like, birds of a feather flock together. I mean, in some instances, it's illegal for these heads of state to meet with private corporations. But what they're talking about, what they say, you don't really know. You don't got to be happy with it, but I don't really know. So it's hard to draw a conclusion. We are now watching as they deploy military to quell protests. So wake up. These people, all of these people, they are frogs in a pot as the temperature keeps rising, totally oblivious to what's going on around them. Soon it will be too late. Uh, People say that frog in a pot thing isn't true. Like frogs will eventually just jump out of the water if it gets too hot. But it's actually, I, I, I think it's fair to say our sense of touch and heat is it's relative, right? That's why if your hands are really cold and then you put your freezing hands under cold water, it feels warm because the cold water is warmer than your hands, right? And I once was, I was, I was once gaming. Like I was on a laptop with a laptop in my lap. That's what it was, right? And it got hot. I didn't even realize that I actually got very, very slight burns, like very minor, got like a blister. And I was like, wow, I didn't even feel it. You know, frogs in a pot, man. That's what's happening. If I went to you a few years ago and said, hey, in a couple of years, Sydney is going to deploy the military. Like, could you imagine me sitting here being like, people, listen, in only a few years time, there's going to be military deployed to Sydney to lock people in their homes. They're going to send out dogs and 2000 cops. You mark my people would be like, you're crazy, dude. And then, you know, Alex Jones made some predictions, some of which were very crazy. I don't know, not predictions, but like talking about interdimensional beings and chimera hybrids and other stuff. And then some of the stuff he said were kind of like, yeah, that's actually all happening right now in Australia of all places. I mean, New Zealand's locked down pretty harshly. Australia is. How long until it comes here? I know people who are in Europe who tell me that it's not as bad as it is in America. That's they're not doing the same kind of restrictions with vaccine passports in, a, in some of these places. A lot of these places are. Don't get me wrong. They're doing they're, they're starting to implement vaccine passports, but not everywhere. And I guess it's fair to say, too, like in the U.S., it's not everywhere. I think four cities so far, I think Oregon's brought back, brought back mask mandates. We're starting to see more and more mask mandates. I just want to drive that point home. I really want you to think about it. If someone said to you three years ago, Australia would deploy the military and thousands of police to keep people in their homes. You'd be like, that's that, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. Here we are. The protesters, they say, marched uh, to, to, uh, from Victoria Park to Town Hall. Police struggled to contain the re- restless crowds who threw flower pots at mounted officers and chanted while holding anti-vaccination and anti-lockdown signs. In her 45-minute speech, Ms. Buttrose said she spent a lot of time thinking how her civil rights all but ceased during the pandemic. And I know we have we have to all band together to beat COVID, 
And I know that we know that it's a killer of a disease and we're not vaccinated well enough. The media, Diane said, we all know the problem and we all we all know we have to get through this and we will get through it, but it's not going to be easy. I'm sorry. This is not I mean, you may be a high profile, a high profile personality saying something might be some some kind of cause for optimism. But it's the same. It's the same uh, half rhetoric we've we've heard uh, from a lot of people where it's just like we all got to do the right thing. And I don't know where the line is. I'll tell you this. The the line in, in Australia has uh, has been crossed. I mean, sending the military out to keep people in their homes. That's the line. I'm sorry. In the United States, I don't think we've made it to that point yet. And that's why I think they're really reticent or, or they're they're they don't want to be putting up hard mandates. But we'll see. As more and more people get vaccinated because of these, like, you know, in New York, right, with the vaccine mandates in San Francisco, more people will get vaccinated. Once they get to 70%, they'll probably feel a lot more confident once they have that because people are already vaccinated. They can then be like, okay, we're going to make vaccines a requirement for interstate travel. Who cares? Most people have the vaccine. So then you'll see people driving on the bridges, crossing between states, and those people are going to be like, well, I think it's really bad, but it's you shouldn't do it. But I have the vaccine, so I'm not worried about it. We already saw that with some libertarians, some individuals saying, you know, if I had to choose between a rest or, you know, a place with a va- mandatory vaccines or masks, I'd choose the mandatory vaccines because I'm already vaccinated. Now, look, the problem I have there is some people can't get it. And it's up to you and your doctor. The idea that we can mask, um, we can mass medicate just without doctor approval is absurd. You need to go talk to a medical professional. Um, I say it every single time because it's true. It really, really is. And there are people I know who can't get the vaccine. What are we supposed to do? Friends of mine, we're going to go out to eat. Sorry, my friend is, is medically barred from getting this. Disabled people, people, you know, uh, are we, are we going to, are we really going to do this? It's already happening. But what, what, what will the outcome be? What will we do? What will the American people do? I think we'll protest. And I think peaceful, persuasive, and resourceful protests can change the game. Because government control is only how much confidence people have in those systems. If every single person said no, went outside, and peacefully protested, it'd be, over, over, it'd be, it'd be done overnight. That, that would be it. No, no, no cop or soldier is going to be like, I'm going to oppose literally every person saying no. They want to fit in. Let me show you a couple things. Let me show you a couple things. We got this video from Ian Miles Chong. Australia says that you'll have to drink with your mask on. That's right. This guy, I don't know who he is. I'm not Australian. He says no more taking off your masks to have a drink when you're outside on, on, you know, at a cafe or something. So what do you do? You don't go. They keep you in your home. And then I'll show you this one. This one's just funny. I don't know a whole lot about what this really means, but people are sharing this. So I'll tell you what I, what I, what I can. I tweeted, if you're looking for work, there's always a ton of openings as a 31E internment resettlement specialist. That's right. It takes, a highly, it takes highly organized individuals to ensure day-to-day operations run smoothly in any environment. As an internment and resettlement specialist for the Army National Guard, you will utilize your organizational skills to make this happen in military confinement, correctional, detention, or internment facilities. Posted one month ago. <laughs> 
So uh, people are sharing a lot of similar memes like, oh, no, what is this? It's, you know, thinking that they're going to start making these FEMA camps or something. Uh, Guys, I'll just explain. Yes, there are many openings posted six days ago, 12 days ago, a month ago. This is an MOS. It's it's for the for the uh, for the Army National Guard. And it's like a prison guard. You literally apply to be a prison guard. There is a decent amount open. I don't know that it means anything other than the military has prison facilities. They have a lot, actually. So it's funny to me that people are going to see this and not understand the full context. I always think full context is very, very important. And the context here is that this MOS has existed for a long time. It's, uh, it's a job. It's a prison guard job. There you go. Now I'll add one more thing. That should be a good reason to say, calm down. It's been around for a long time. It doesn't mean anyone's going to do anything. I will then add, just because they did it a long time ago, a couple decades ago, doesn't mean it's a good thing. I'm not a big fan of the prison, about how prisons run or, you know, anything like that. But um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I, I still don't like the idea. There are military prisons. Can they accommodate a bunch of dissenters or whatever? I don't know about any of that. But I'll tell you this. If a bus pulls up to your house and the government says, just get on, it's for your safety and public health. I would just look back to, to, to violate Godwin's law at World War II Germany when they pulled up in the trucks and said, everyone get on, don't worry. Do you know that in World War II Germany, the Nazis claimed that Jewish people were carrying typhus and that's why they had to be relocated? I hope you've read your history. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then.